You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On NFL Fridays with your boy Q and me, Bo Brock. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league. The League of Football Watchers this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch I've got the command center dialed in at my place, utilizing all screens at the Brock household, fantasy team, strat, stat tracker, hopefully lighting up like a Christmas tree and Pepsi, of course, the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for watching, and we certainly watched Thursday Night Football. The battle for Ohio was, was won last night. We have a full recap. Are the Browns back on track? And what do we learn about top pick Joe Burrow? Also on tap today, Sunday six-pack, where Q and I highlight the games we're excited about this weekend and our guy Chad Millman from the Action Network, who went five for five with his betting suggestions last week, returns with more winners for you. I'm Bo Brock, the host of Locked on Cardinals daily podcast. Yes, I'm hyped about Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) I broke down the path where the Cardinals can start the season four and LQ. Don't call me crazy. I did that earlier this week. You can, of course, check out that podcast where you find podcasts. Please subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify. My co-host, your boy Q, hosts one of the most popular sports podcasts in the world. Lockdown Raiders. Q, Raiders want to know. New stadium in Vegas opening this weekend, but a tough draw the New Orleans Saints coming to town. Michael Thomas or not? Yeah, man. It's going to be a heck of an event, but it's going to be prime time. It's going to be Monday Night Football in Las Vegas. And can you imagine if there was fans going to be there? If the fans were actually going to be allowed to be in the stadium, you'd have crazy Raider fans packing the place. You'd have crazy Saints fans packing the place. You're in Las Vegas. Everything goes down. Sin City. I mean, man, what? A, I mean, it's set up for, for Hollywood, right? But unfortunately, without the fans, it won't be that uh, exciting, but it'll It'll still be fun to see the Raiders open up a brand new stadium. Now they have one of the best stadiums in the in the league instead of the worst stadium in the league. Very excited about that. They enter the game one or no. The Saints enter the game one or no. Should be a lot of fun. You mentioned Michael Thomas. He's going to be out, but man, it's still going to be a heck of a game. And the Saints still have a ton of firepower. So uh, yeah, man, it, it should be an exciting game for Monday Night Football. Uh, I know Thursday Night Football was very, very exciting. So now the Raiders got to do their part. The Saints got to do their part to make sure another primetime game is on point, just like Thursday night was. Yeah, the battle for Ohio went down last night. 2018 top pick Baker Mayfield versus 2020 number one selection Joe Burrow. They didn't disappoint. Q, a pair of fan bases just starved for a winner. It's kind of ironic that yesterday we celebrated the NFL's 100th birthday, and the league was born in this state that hasn't experienced a lot of success during its entire 100 years. (laughs) Right. Right, but you know, it's it's. I'll tell you, man, uh, the Browns come away with the victory, and I've always said there's certain teams in the league that the league is a better place when they are good, 
And the Browns are one of those organizations. Would love to see them get back on track. I don't know if they are or not, Bo, but I'll tell you, they took one step forward on a Thursday night. Uh, nice performance by uh, Baker Mayfield. Nice performance by that Browns defense. But most importantly, what a performance by that offensive line and that running game, man. The, it really got done by way of the run game. Very impressed with what I saw from Cleveland as they came away with the victory. Yeah, Jedrick Wills, of course, drafted in the first round, starting at left tackle. They spent a lot of money. Jack Conklin coming over from Tennessee. And Stefanski seemingly changing the identity of this team. We know what they've invested in that passing attack. Mayfield, of course, number one overall pick. Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper comes over from the Atlanta Falcons on a big free agent deal. But the the run game was where it was at tonight. Nick Chubb. 22 carries, 124 yards, two scores, and then his backfield mate. Not on the field usually at the same time, but Kareem Hunt equally as impressive. 10 carries, 86 yards, a score on the ground, a score in the passing game. Chubb opened up things with an 11-yard score. It was 3-0 early for the Bengals, but the Browns came out hot in this one, Q. No, they really did, man. And, and again, I, I like what Kevin Stefanski is doing uh, as far as Cleveland goes in their offense. You know, they were embarrassed week one against the Ravens, but the Ravens are a really sticking good team. Uh, they have a chance to make the playoffs and go deep every single year. So that was just kind of one of those one-off, or it could appears to be one of those one-offs. But, uh, man, Stefanski has a good game plan going and as long as they got that run game going it's not as sexy as throwing the ball all around the yard but it sure is uh, it's fun to watch when it works and it did work on Thursday night uh, over 200 yards rushing combined for, for Cleveland and uh, man again that offensive line just put their will on the Cincinnati Bengals and really even though Cincinnati kept the game close and, and, and the score looked closer than it really was um, they, they just didn't have any answer for the run game at all. Did you just say throwing the football over the yard? Because that's what Joey Burrow did tonight. Holy crap, <laughs> 61 pass attempts. The top pick from the 2020 draft. Heisman Trophy winner, national champion. 37 for 61, 316, three touchdowns. The first one of the night, which got the Bengals kind of back in this one, was his first career touchdown pass. He found the end zone. Burrow did in his in his debut last week in the game against the Chargers, but that was with his legs. He found... Uh, C.J. Uh, Uzuma for a 23-yarder to get him back in this contest. Cleveland answered right back with the Hunt touchdown, the receiving catch in the end zone, and then Burrow ran a pretty good two-minute drill at the end of the first half. Reggie Bullock capped that one. He obliges this time, unlike the, the season opener where he missed the chip shot to send things to overtime. We go to halftime in the locker room, and it's 21-13. Bengals defense then came up with a big Third quarter stop stuffing Nick Chubb and the Browns offense on the goal line, but uh, the Bengals couldn't capitalize. And we saw really our first rookie mistake from Joe Burrow where he turned the ball over yeah. and put the Browns right back there uh, on the one-yard line. Yeah, I mean, they, he, they, he got a gift by uh, the Browns not being able to punch it in, and so the Bengals uh, actually stepped up and have a really good defense and and uh, and stopped them and, and gave the, the Bengals an opportunity with the ball, and then he gave it right back, gave the gift right back. And so, uh, you know, it was like taking two steps forward and then taking three back. So it just it wasn't uh, one of the best moments for the rookie, but uh, all in all, man, this dude, like you mentioned, throwing the ball around 61 times. Uh, one, he's going to get killed if he does that continuously. You know, that offensive line line right there for Cincinnati just is not what it needs to be so they're gonna get that guy hit and get that guy hurt so hopefully they can uh, protect him but uh, he's gonna be a gamer man you can see that he uh, he sticks in there and and he's gonna throw that ball down the down the field and uh, he, he's a gamer man he I, I see why he was picked number one overall starting to believe in what I see in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow at least 
So it goes to a two-score game there, 28-13. You talking about Burrow, his how he's a gamer. The true competitiveness came out after that, getting him back in this contest. They could have just gone away at that point. Yeah. They uh pretty impressive drive. It's the Gio Bernard touchdown that gets wiped out by instant replay. They can't punch it in. Another bullock field goal. It's 28-16. That hurt Big. a lot. That one hurt. That was yeah. that was that was one that I looked at and I said, "Oh, that might have just cost you your game." And they they still battled after that, but that one was one I th- I said, "That's you're going to remember that one tomorrow." Well, that's when we had our moment where we're sitting there and say, "Hey, Browns going to Browns because Baker Mayfield throws a pick in the start of the fourth quarter that sets the the Bengals back up and we see Burrow lead a relentless drive, you know, capped it by hitting Mike, not Michael Thomas for a touchdown. It's 28-23. Next thing we know, and then on the legs of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I thought the Browns did a great job answering right back. Hunt, he adds the third Browns rushing touchdown on the ground for the game. Um, and then we got to see, yeah, what what was uh, Cincinnati on fourth down in this game? It was insane, especially as we watched, you know, a couple garbage time drives. It seemed like the game was kind of already, in, you know, going to the Browns. But we saw. They were five Cincinnati for five, I believe. Five for five. On the game, we see Joe Burrow throw for his third touchdown pass with about a minute left. Uh, Bengals cut in this thing. Final score, 35-30. What did we learn? We learned that A.J. Green is not that good of a wide receiver anymore. <laughs> we, le- we learned that A.J. Green getting a franchise tag and getting $17 million for a year, I don't know for what. 13 targets, three catches, 29 yards, and two drops. That's $17 million. That's what you're paying $17 million. What I learned is that Cincinnati made a mistake uh, bringing him back. They should have just rolled with the young dudes and took their lumps. I would have let that guy walk. He just isn't the same dude. But ultimately, what we learned is Joe Burrow is going to be a really good wide res- or a quarterback. He just is going to need some time and going to need some more pieces around him, most importantly in an offensive line. I'll say this also big money going to Joe Mixon. He averaged just under three yards per carry, 16 carries for 46 yards. Uh, he was also bottled up. That's a lot of money invested between Green and Mixon. Yeah, you're right. We learned that the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, not very good. Up next for them, they take on the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. As for the Cleveland Browns, as they even their record to one and one, they've got that ferocious defense, the Washington football team coming to Cleveland Mm. in week three. It should be an interesting matchup. Yeah, it should be. I'm interested to see what uh, Washington continues to do with that defense. Uh, Their offense isn't really much to to write home about, but uh, that defense, they got some dogs on that defense, so I'm I'm interested to see how that that matchup shakes out. But uh, all in all, man, I'll tell you, uh, the second week, Thursday night football, uh, it was more entertaining than uh, the opening game against uh, Kansas City and Houston, which was uh, a more high-profile game. But uh, Cleveland and, 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 uh, and and the Bengals, that was uh, that was entertaining. We didn't even mention this. Odell Beckham Jr. had a big touchdown reception in this one, 43 yards. He had four catches, 74 yards. He re- rebounded after a tough opening week, uh, which was that's good for Cleveland, even though I think their identity, as we've mentioned, uh, it's going to be on the ground from here on forward. Week two is officially upon us, and that means our Sunday six-pack is coming up here as Q and I are going to tell you which games – you should be interested come this Sunday. There are lots of great contests coming up. We'll tell you just which ones you should be tuning in to watch. Before we get into that, though, we need to tell you about Visa because Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by our names. They're always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. So right now, 
more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's our time to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. And, of course, it's an official partner of the NFL. All right, we're back here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, segment number two of today's show, Friday's edition, September 18th, 2020. Bo Brock, your boy Q here, and it is time for the six-pack. But, Bo, before we get into the six-pack, we talked about Thursday night football. Something pretty special happened at halftime, and it would be, you know, it would be bad if we didn't mention it because I think uh, this young man, or not this young man, but this man was well-deserving of uh, the honor that he received at halftime of Thursday night football, and that is one Joe Buck, the 2020 Pete Rozelle Award winner. He is going to be part of the Hall of Fame. He's going to get a gold jacket, class of 2020. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw Joe Buck? I know he's a polarizing polarizing uh, name, and some people love him, some people hate him, but uh, he's going into the Hall of Fame. What were your thoughts? My, my thoughts are, and this is going to be the hottest take probably before you open up the six-pack here of games for the weekend, is uh, I kind of like Joe Buck. I actually am not bothered by him. I like him on both football and baseball broadcasts, and I think he is. I think you're absolutely right. He's in the same company as like your Joe Mer- Morgans, your Tim McCarver's, where it's sometimes nails to a chalkboard for a lot of people around there. I don't understand it. It, it. At the very lowest on Joe Buck, I'm indifferent. At the highest, I like him. Right. Right. I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I, I love the run that him and Troy have been on 19 plus years uh, doing their thing. And of course, he's he's very multi-talented, does baseball. I mean, does a whole lot of different uh, sporting events. And, you know, it's just the voice of it. It's almost been the soundtrack to pr- pretty much my whole life. You know, it's Joe Buck. Uh, and if it wasn't him, it was his father. So uh, shout out to Joe Buck going into the Hall of Fame. What an honor. And, you know, we're, we're a couple guys that share the mic. And, you know, it, it just what an honor that would be just to have any kind of recognition like that. But he's going into Hall of Fame. That's on a whole nother level. So uh, congratulations, Joe Buck. I thought that was real fitting. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's Locked On NFL, your boy Q, Bo Brock. Let's crack open that six-pack for this weekend, Q. You want me to kick things off? Yeah, go ahead. Why not? All right, let's do it. So here's a team took down, made a surprise run in 2019 from a four-win team the previous year to the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers. They came in at home last week. They fall to the Arizona Cardinals. I'm interested in their game against the New York Jets. On the road, East Rutherford with the 2019 NFC champs get back on track in week two. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not even going to call him Jimmy GQ because I think that's an, a too cool of a nickname for how he <laughs> performed last week. He missed a lot of throws against the Cardinals, completed just four passes to his wide receivers in the 24-20 loss. I'm interested to see how he's going to perform. He's getting a little help this week. First rounder, Brendan Ayuk, looks like he's going to make his debut. Mohamed Sanu, he comes over. He signs a free agent contract. He's kind of familiar with Brandon Shanahan's system uh, in Atlanta when he played for him for the Falcons. So, you know, look, Niners facing some adversity early in the season. That's why it's so tough for sustained success Uh, In the NFL because of injuries, Richard Sherman, IR'd this week, George Kittle, question mark for this week. He's got that knee injury that he suffered in the first half against the Cardinals. I'm really curious to see how the Niners are going to show up against the Jets team that also, you know, their backs are against the wall. You know, Adam Gase, he needs this victory before that seat really starts to heat up for this for this coach in the Jets. We'll see what comes out of Darnold in this Jets team. But I'm more looking at this game because of what the Niners, if they can get back on track. 
Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm intrigued by this game as well, but I'm just intrigued because of the dumpster fire that is the Jets. And San Francisco (laughs) didn't do very well. Uh, Arizona gave it to them, gave them the business. Kyler Murray uh, was the dude opening week, you know, against San Francisco. Uh, But I think that this will be that game that you like to call as the get-back game, the get-right game. The Jets are a dumpster fire. Adam Gase will be fired by by the the bye week as far as I'm concerned. Uh, So the Niners, I think, will bounce back. But uh, it should be entertaining to see how the Jets stumble upon themselves. And there's a reason reason why everyone wants to get out of New York they're just they're just not very good teams so uh, yeah I'm very intrigued by that game but because I think the Jets are going to make fools of themselves more than I think that the Niners are going to struggle to get right so that's a that's a good choice right there how about this one um, the Vikings they had a tough game against the Green Bay Packers last week Aaron Aaron Rodgers gave them the business and uh, Minnesota's got some questions you know they brought in Unique Ngakwe he didn't even sniff the quarterback he didn't even get close to Aaron Rodgers on uh, on Sunday and uh, Daniel Hunter he's out so that would have been the book so the the one part of Mike Zimmer's team that you never want to question is the defense. And right now we're questioning the defense. So they're on the road. They're taking on the Colts, who took an L to the Jaguars. Can Phillip Rivers and the and the Colts, can they bounce back? Because they were winning that game, and Jacksonville found a way to bounce back and win. Uh, two teams that are 0-1, they both need a victory to make themselves feel like, hey, you know, we are on the right track. Uh, I, I have a feeling the Vikings are going to find a way to get it done, but uh, it's going to be a question if they can get it done defensively. Yeah, this was the game that I got wrong last week when we opened up our six-pack, the Vikings and the Packers. And, uh, you know, I think that Minnesota has a good chance to rebound if if the Colts can be kind of one-dimensional again offensively and with Marlon Mack and the Achilles injury done right. for the season, there's a good chance that happens. If Phillip Rivers has to throw for as much as he did in week one, that's not good for the Vikings. What I was told about this Colts team this year is he was going to become kind of a glorified game manager, and that sounded better because he's a guy that turns the ball over. You, the Raiders coach, coast, or I'm sorry, the Raiders host for so many years, you've seen him play a lot of games. You know that he can <laughs> yep. throw those back-breaking picks just like anybody, just as good as anybody. You know, I yeah, I think the Vikings can kind of read their I I'm more in the the corner of the Vikings on in this game, even though it's in Indy. I think that they even their record at one and one Colts. They dropped to zero and two, and then they're really going to have to get on it uh, to to do what they thought they could do and going from a sub five hundred team to a playoff contender. We'll see because coming out of the gates at zero and two is is not a good start for anybody. No, 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 not at all, not at all. So what what other game you got in the six pack for me? Oh man, as we continue it, I'm so excited. We're already at week two of the NFL season, and this was a team that played on Monday Night Football, and they did not miss a beat with Big Ben. Actually, a pair of teams that played on Monday Night Football in different games: Pittsburgh at Denver. Ben mm. Roethlisberger. He, didn't look like he was limited to two games last season. Q threw for three touchdowns in the opener. I know it was the Giants, but I liked what I saw from Juju. I like what I saw from Washington. That receiving core, James Conner, looks like he's good to go come Sunday. And then we'll see if the Broncos. We'll see if somebody taught Vic Fangio how to utilize timeouts after Monday Night Football. Uh, that that offense was kind of interesting with Drew Locke, Noah Fant. I like what he brought, but they couldn't really f- capitalize right. for as well as they moved the football. I think that the Steelers, they're going to continue to flex their muscles in this game. We're going to see Big Ben continue to get back on track after missing 14 games last year. Yeah, I, I think you're right. The Steelers looked really good on Monday Night Football, and the Broncos were a big question mark. And that main question mark started, like you mentioned, with Vic Fangio. I love him as a defensive coordinator. I think he's really, really good. Just don't know 
if he's one of those guys that uh, are, are just not cut out to be a head coach. You know, he doesn't really know time management. It was, it was very blatant on Monday. It showed that he, he's not very good at that. He's got to work on it. Uh, Drew Locke, I like how he moves his legs, and he's able to, you know, move the pocket around. Uh, so they got a little something-something there. But, you know, losing Vaughn Miller for the year, I feel like that's a big deal as well. Uh, just don't – they're not able to get as much defensive pressure as they'd like to get at the quarterback, and I think that's how Big Ben's going to take advantage of him. Uh, come Sunday, so that should be an interesting game. But I do, I'm like you. I think the Steelers roll in this one and uh, and pick up a victory. How about this game for you? Giants at Bears. The Giants, uh, they got Jason Garrett now as their offensive coordinator, and he came out or they came out on a on a Monday Night Football, and they looked okay. You know, they looked okay for a little while until they didn't look okay. You know, and then they found a way to lose the game. The Bears, they found a way to win the game with Mitchell Trubisky as the quarterback. So this is kind of like an intriguing game for me. I just want to see if the Giants are taking a step forward or if you know their early possessions that they had in the first game of the season was just kind of like, oh, that's a one off time or are they actually starting to get a little bit of offensive rhythm going and you know how how can Mitchell Trubisky build off of what he did uh, at the end of game number one when uh, they found a way to come back and defeat the Lions so that should be a a very interesting game Uh, I'm gonna roll the dice and go with the Giants here I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky but again that's that's why we watch the games yeah I I have a tough time you know betting on the New York Giants you know in in a I know what Mitchell Trubisky hasn't done. I do know that that fourth quarter was near historic <laughs> for Trubisky with the three touchdown passes. Thank you, DeAndre Swift, though, for the reason that the Bears are 1-0, dropping that pass in the end zone for the Lions. But look, if the Giants can get back on track, it's Quan Barkley you know, running the football. Did he end up officially being outgained by Big Ben Roethlisberger on the ground in that game against yeah, the Steelers? I'm afraid so. <laughs> I'm afraid it was, so. It's not pretty. There's never a recipe for success when Barkley is bottled up like that. Daniel Jones actually ended up leading the Giants and rushing with 22 yards on the ground. They need more from Barkley. That goes without saying, but I think that the Bears can do enough defensively. Of course, Jones, as well as he looked in week one, he still has turnoveritis. He still has an affinity for turning over the football even more so than his counterpart Mitchell Trubisky and I think that's still going to you know, handicap this G-Men's team to where victories are going to be hard to come by. How about this one? Lions and Packers. Keep it in the NFC North. The Packers yeah. uh, played a heck of a game against uh, against Minnesota. They're there at Lambeau Field. The reason I like this game and the reason I'm so intrigued by this has nothing to do with Green Bay or it has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers and what they do offensively. It all has to do with the Lions and really a guy who just joined the roster with the Lions, and that's one Adrian Peterson. He uh, started the, his Lions career, 14 carries, 93 yards, and uh, he's he's – He's one of those guys that just never ages. He's like Frank Gore, right? He's just he's that dude that just you feel like he could run forever. So uh, I, I want to see if he can build off of what he did with the Lions week one. Also, he has a nice little touchdown streak going against the Packers at Lambeau Field. If he gets a touchdown on Sunday, it will be nine straight games against the Packers at Lambeau Field that he scored a touchdown. That'll put him second. Uh, all-time in Super Bowl era, uh, right behind LaDainian Tomlinson, who did it 10 times against the Raiders in Oakland, which is a little bittersweet for me. But uh, either way, you look at it, want to see what Adrian Peterson could do, see if he could build on that and pick up a touchdown Sunday against the Packers. It's like this this game in the six-pack is brought to you by AARP because we're talking about the <laughs> old guy's cue 
You got Peterson, 35 years old. You got Aaron Rodgers, 36 years old, who turned back the clock, 364, four touchdowns in the win over the Vikings last week. But this game, I, I like that you pointed it out. I know you're all NFC North. You've got all, every single team in the North represented in your six-pack this week, and this is the biggest game of them all because, look, if the Vikings can't get back on track, the Lions, there's talent in that locker room. This could be a, you know, a pivotal matchup. You know, for how the rest of the season goes, especially in that division, I'm going to give the edge to the Green Bay Packers. I like what's going, what's cooking with that offense. You know, Rodgers, you've got Devontae Adams is just an absolute just threat. 14 catches, 156 yards and two touchdowns in the opener. He just came to play from the opening snap. And then Aaron Jones, we know what he's capable of in the backfield. Kind of a quiet day, 66 yards on the ground, but in in a touchdown. I think that the Packers at home playing at Lambeau, they should take care of business against the Lions. They are really going to regret DeAndre Swift dropping that pass with uh, in the waning seconds against the Bears because they're going to be staring down 0-2. Yeah, I mean, look, make no mistake about it. I believe that the Packers are going to win the game. I just want to see Adrian Peterson score a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap up this Sunday six-pack here on Locked On NFL Friday, and I'm looking at a team that needs a rebound in a big way, but they're going and they're going to hit a buzzsaw. Talking about the Houston Texans against the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be, it's it's in Charm City. It's Deshaun Watson. What did this guy do, Q? What happened? Did he, like, tell a child off? Did he push an old person down? DeAndre Hopkins traded. He faces Mahomes in KC in the opener, and now Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in Week 2. I don't know what kind, why his karma is so weak, even though he's getting $160 bucks. What what he did, but I I want to see if Houston if week one was maybe an anomaly. I I don't think it was. I think that they are kind of who they were in the opener, but uh, maybe they can tell me different. Maybe Deshaun Watson can do enough for this team to compete with the Ravens. I am very skeptical skeptical that that's going to happen because the Ravens are just well oiled. And, uh, you know, as far as regular season goes, 14-2 and two last year, and then they just handled the Cleveland Browns in, in week one. Lamar Jackson just seems poised to pick up where he left off. Yeah, that whole team uh, is poised to pick up where they left off. They really did. They did a heck of a job week one. And look, I, I just I've never been a fan of this, uh, you know, wide receiver by committee. And that's what Bill O'Brien and the Texans are trying to do. You know uh, damn well how, how great DeAndre Hopkins still is and what he was able to do uh, getting all the catches he got uh, week one against San Francisco. Uh, he showed his worth. And I, I think that Deshaun Watson is really missing him. And yeah, I know that they have Randall Cobb. I know that they have Will Fuller. I know that they have, uh, you know, Kenny Steele and and uh, other guys like that. I get it. Brandon Cooks, but I just don't think that they have a guy that they know on third and nine they can go to consistently where D-Hop was that guy, Nuke was that guy, and so uh, that's that's something that's going to hurt the hurt the Texans, I believe, this year. I, th- I think they're going to start out 0-4, to be honest. They got a tough schedule to start the season, and uh, that division is not going to be easy. Tennessee's probably going to be the winners in that one. I think Baltimore's going to roll Houston, but we will see. Again, that's why they play the games. It should be entertaining. On paper, it looks like a very intriguing game. On the field, who knows? Woof. We're going to bring in our guy who was the opposite of 0-4 last week, telling us about where to put the smart money, 
As far as the spreads are concerned, our guy Chad Millman's going to return. He went five and zero last week. Yeah, he did, but he kind of we kind of got to put an asterisk next to one of it because really, I threw him a curveball at the end, and he really didn't quite get the Raiders and and Carolina right. But at the same time, uh, it was a curveball I threw him, so I'm gonna try to throw him another one. But you're right, Bo. We're gonna talk to him next and see what he's got cooking as far as uh, making some money or helping us make some money this season. Get all the football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Week two of the NFL season is underway. It's locked on NFL Fridays with your boy Q, Bo Brock. Full slate of games on Sunday. Let's up the stakes. Our guy Chad Millman from the Action Network joins us as he does every Friday. He's going to make us some cold, hard cash. 5-0 and last week. 5-1 and if you include the surprise addition to our little contest with the Vegas Raiders covering against the Carolina Panthers. But I, I'm not going to count that one. Uh, if, if you had that game, if you didn't keep that one, Q, our guy Chad was flawless. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad Millman. Check out his podcast, The Favorites, for more insight on the NFL Week 2 action. So, Chad, we talked about it last week. The Arizona Cardinals, they were dogs. They won us some money. This week, they're hosting the Washington football team in that ferocious defense. The Cardinals won that cash in Week 1 as dogs. Do you like them as six-and-a-half-point favorites at home in Week 2? I do. I really do. And and I'll I'll do one caveat for that Panthers Raiders game that Q threw at me last <laughs> week where I was on I was on the Panthers at plus three. Uh we have an old saying on the favorites, the right side is the winning side. So you are not allowed to complain about games that you handicapped correctly and still did not end up winning. So congratulations to Q on picking the completely wrong side and still winning that bet. Um, I would say, I would say in that, in, in the Cardinals Washington game, this is buy low sell high week in the NFL week two is always when you get overreactions from the public and overreactions from the bookmakers to everything they saw in week one. And nobody in week two was as good as they were in week one. And nobody in week two is as bad as they were in week one. And I think what you're seeing here, like to me, I think the Cardinals are undervalued still. I am going to bet the Cardinals uh, at this number. Um, I think they are the better team. I think they are the more complete team. I think what they did defensively to the Niners, especially against that rushing game and how they managed that game was really impressive. And I think what you got with the Redskins was a team that was down early, but then was able to take advantage of the fact that the Eagles had no offensive line. They had no weapons out of the backfield. They were really struggling in that game. And Chase Young got to tee off and look like the rookie of the year. So I think that you're getting a little bit more value on the Cardinals in this game because people are looking at what the Redskins did and thinking, oh my God, are they a legit team? 
they're not a legit team. They just played a really bad team in the Eagles that was injured. Chad, uh, everyone's really on the, the Cam Newton hype train now after he uh, picked up a victory on, uh, on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, but it was the Miami Dolphins. Now they're on the road taking on the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson leading the charge. Uh, New England is the underdog. Uh, what can you tell me about this game? I count me on the Cam Newton hype train, although it's not because <clears throat> it's not just because of Cam Newton. Like I actually think the Patriots played really well in that game. Uh, the Dolphins are a tricky team and they can be one of those teams where they can beat you in so many different ways for a lot of points and a lot of yards. And the Patriots defense held up really well. I think there's about a point and a half of value in this game. I think it's probably more of a three point game than it is a four and a half point game. And I think what you're getting now is all of a sudden like the anti Brady points where if it was Brady on the road, then you would be getting the three-point game. Um, the Patriots are proving that they're not so far off from the team, uh, at least defensively, than they were when Brady was there. So I think you're getting uh, you're getting a little bit of value on the New England Patriots here. Any prop bets on whether Seattle actually runs the ball in the one-yard line this time? <laughs> <laughs> I I got a feeling like they will. That will be the the de facto play for them from now on. Every single time they see a Patriots helmet on the one-yard line. Chad Millman, the Action Network, joins us. We're talking some spreads. So, look, any losing teams from week one that you expect to bounce back here that would be a spicy bet in week two? Let's think about that. That's like, to me, we're just talking about the Eagles, right? The yeah. Eagles are really interesting if if they are healthy, because I think as a as, this is the exact buy low, uh, sell high situation that I was talking about. If you are getting the Eagles with Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders, you're probably still going to get them as an underdog. So I would like them at home against the Rams, who I think looked amazing against the Cowboys, but like they are not world beaters who should be favored over a pretty good team on the road. Um, I will double down on the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers are nine-point underdogs against Tampa. I still like the Carolina Panthers at nine, only because I think this game is going to be a shootout. And like, look, Carolina can't stop anybody, but they did prove that they can score points. And they did prove that Teddy Bridgewater can throw it down the field. And this Buccaneers defense did not look very good against the Saints. So I like uh, I like the Panthers in that spot for sure. And I also like the Dolphins. I like the Dolphins as home dogs um, against the Bills. The Bills beat up on a really bad Jets team. Uh, five and a half points is a lot to win by on the road in the NFL. You, uh, well, let's go ahead and continue with the theme of teams that lost in, in week one. And you mentioned the Cowboys and the Rams. Well, the Cowboys, uh, they host Atlanta this weekend. Uh, how are you feeling about this game? Love the Cowboys in this game. Okay. Love them. And I'll tell you, I, I have a bias against the Falcons. I just don't think they're a good organization. And right. I feel like they're, they're the empty calorie sugar rush of the NFL. Like nothing they do matters. Nothing they do sustains. They are the team that at the end of this, at the end of the day, you're watching Falcons highlights and it's Calvin Ridley scoring a garbage touchdown and a team that was down 42, 27 ends up losing 42, 38. Right. Right. And so it really doesn't matter when they score. It really doesn't matter how many yards they get. They're just not a team that scares anybody. I think the Cowboys are going to level this team. I j I'm just not a believer in what the Falcons can do. I actually think like what the Cowboys did defensively against the Rams, which is a much better prepared team. Um, and I think it runs sort of while a 
fewer base sets. It's a much more complex scheme. Like the Falcons, you kind of know what they're going to do, and all you got to do is stop their two receivers. And so to me, the Cowboys are pretty well equipped to do that. So give me the Cowboys at four and a half. At Millman, the Action Network, you like the Arizona Cardinals as favorites over the Washington football team. Cam and the New England Patriots going across the country as dogs to Seattle. Philadelphia as dogs to the Chargers. Carolina's dogs against Tampa Bay. Miami is those dogs against Buffalo. And then Dallas as the favorite versus Atlanta. Let's end it with this. Everybody likes to root for the over. What teams do you like to see score a ton of points in week two that everybody can root for and it's going to hit this week? Well, I do think the Cowboys-Falcons is probably going to be a shootout. Um, right. And I also think the panthers Bucks Right now, that total – hold on. I'm just uh, looking at all my things here. Right now, the total for panthers Bucks is 47.5. That feels like such a grand slam to me. Um, I would take the over on that one. That's the one I like. I think that one could be a shootout. Well, I gotta, I gotta throw a curveball at you, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you about Raiders and Saints. You know, you, I know that's what you thought I was gonna ask, but it's not. What I want to know is, it looks like Michael Thomas, the wide receiver, is gonna be out. He's gonna be out for several weeks. That's what they're saying. How much typically does a line change when a star goes out like that? Even though a team may still have a lot of weapons offensively, for a wide receiver, almost never. Even Michael Thomas, okay. like through through the years. It's really quarterbacks and that's all. Okay. And um, Michael Thomas is a guy who's got name value. And so the bookmakers usually change the line when they feel like a guy who's going to be out is going to send people rushing to the window or in our new world order, rushing to their computers, right? Michael Thomas isn't a guy who's going to do that. Okay. And like maybe bookmate, maybe professional betters will come in. They'll hit the Saints. But the Saints are always pretty big, are already pretty big favorites on the road. They're not going to come in and sort of think, okay, the Saints are now really only, you know, four and a half point favorites. So let me take the Raiders at five and a half. Like okay. the line is what it is. Over the years, like the only guys who have really made a massive difference outside of quarterbacks was like JJ Watt in those years where he was dominating uh, and defensive player of the year a couple of times in a row. Like he was worth a point, maybe a point and a half, but. It's hard for anybody else to make that much of a difference in the point spread. Cool. I love this because I think that that Carolina-Tampa Bay game is must-watch now. And I think as a group, maybe even on social media, we can start rooting for the nickname you dropped last week, Chad, Teddy Covers. Because <laughs> ah. you said Teddy Bridgewater knows how to cover a football game outside of last week against Vegas. But I'm rooting for Teddy Covers and that over, that's just giving me extra interest on that contest. Also, did you see if Tampa Bay can rebound from a bad performance in week one? I look forward to this segment each and every week. Make sure you're listening to his podcast, The Favorites, The Action Network. Follow him on Twitter, at Chad Millman. Chad, let's make some money this weekend. Let's do it, fellas. Thank you. That's Chad, 5-0 and last week, Q. I'm going to remove the blemish. <laughs> I know I, I, I'm going to use my veto power, but you can absolutely kind of uh, flex your veto card if you'd like. No, uh, Chad, Chad's good. I, I keep throwing uh, wrenches at him. I keep throwing monkey wrenches at him, but it's because I'm learning. You know, I'm not, I'm not big on the gambling thing and the gambling scene and the spread, so I'm learning each and every week. So uh, every week I, my goal is to hit him with something that he doesn't expect, but he can help educate me along the way. We're all learning. We're all going to have some fun this weekend looking at that Carolina-Tampa game, some other 
bets that Chad just gave us some insight on. Also, our six-pack from this evening. Hopefully, those gave you a little extra interest in those games as well. We're doing it every week here on Locked On NFL Fridays with your boy Q and me, Bo Brock. Make sure you're tuned in Monday to Peter Bukowski. He's got a full recap of the games. Also, Sunday morning. I did not expect it, but uh, our guys over at the Lockdown Podcast Network are doing a little bit of a pregame show. Yeah. Cody and Ross Jackson. Make sure to keep an eye out for that. It's a live pregame show exclusively on our social network channels at Lockdown NFL Pods. Q, looking forward to a big weekend of games, my friend. Absolutely, my man. I appreciate you. It's fun as always. Let's uh, look forward to these games this weekend. And then uh, my game is Monday night, Raiders and Saints. I think it's going to be exciting in Vegas. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, have a great weekend. NFL coming to Vegas officially Monday night. It's going to be beautiful. Let's, let's have a blast this weekend. It always is. You guys have a good one. It's Locked On NFL.